Everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Hank. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to Dexter New Blood. This week we're covering the seventh episode titled Skin of Her Teeth. Really yeah. good. We, we, I know we were speculating last week about the, the title of this one, and it did not disappoint. Not at, at all. It was very literal. Uh, yes. Skin samples off of. <laughs> Her teeth. Uh, <laughs> Which we wondered, out very well. well, it is maybe going to be forensically, you know, yep. uh, <laughs> kind of have to do with something like that. We knew Dexter was being called by Angela, sanctioning to Dexter Morgan, uh, mm-hmm. and they did not disappoint. Yeah, it was it was literal. Um, so I, I loved this week's episode. What, what are your yeah. thoughts, Paige? Oh, yeah, I absolutely loved it. It is ramping up the stakes significantly. There are... A lot, like, you know, they've been taking us on that path pretty quick, where it's like, oh, no, how are they going to get out of this? And, oh, yep. how is this going to end? But with this one, it's like, I don't think the stakes have never been higher right now in this series, like this season. I don't, I'm sure there's been some higher stakes in, like, you know, the original run eight seasons, but but at least for New Blood, like, this is definitely the highest it's gotten where, I mean, Dexter is really, things are starting to build on a couple of different angles, and it's going to be hard for him to... To spin all those plates. <laughs> I know. And we only have three more episodes uh, in, yeah. in the season. And we still... I mean, this is supposed to be a one-off season. There's so many people... I think it's, it's I think it's really divided that a lot of people are like, nope, this is it. This, is, this was just a one-off. You know, it was a, a one season to kind of um, kind of clean up where we left off in season mm-hmm. eight. And a lot of people are like... Uh, well, they've kind of left it open. They never really said for sure. And uh, there was a an interview with Michael C. Hall. I'd have to go back and dig it up uh, where I, I believe he kind of left it open-ended. I mean, he didn't say definitively it's a one and done. Yeah. He kind of left like enough speculation to th- say that he may be open to another one. Uh, but mm-hmm. there's been no announcements. So I'll, I'll say that. I haven't heard anything. I haven't seen any news. Um, so at this point, we can only say this is, you know, we only have three more episodes. So thinking about everything that's happened and how this one ended, which I won't get into because I'm sure we'll talk about it in our points, but, um, there's a lot I think that needs to happen in only three episodes. (laughs) So yeah, this one was, this one was really good. It had some good classic Dexter. Uh, I mentioned Angela, you know, uh, like on the last episode had said, you know, I need Dexter Morgan. And I, th- I think that was, I think that that was kind of that shedding of the skin. Yeah. That's what we're going to get. I think we're going to have Dexter Morgan, the remainder of these, these episodes uh, to yeah. come. It's my theory anyway. Um, oh, he was definitely here. Yeah. Jim Lindsay yeah. really didn't show up in this episode. No. It was all, it was all Dexter Morgan. It, I, we'll, we'll get into specifics with the points. I'm sure. Yes. But, I mean, definitely one of my point, maybe even my number one, I think, in my order. But nice um, is yeah, you see a lot of, I mean, those eyes and that smirk and just oh, who God. he is. So good. Dexter's there. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I can't help it. I, it's just great. And uh, yeah, all, all the warm and fuzzies for me. 
Um, <laughs> brings me back for sure. Well, I'm really excited to talk about this one. I know you are too. So let's not hold off any longer before we start talking about our points too much. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with our top five. Just as a reminder, folks, um, this is sp- going to be spoiler filled as for like the previous seasons of Dexter. If you haven't seen uh, Dexter uh, seasons one through eight, you know, we're going to talk about it. So just, you know, be, be prepared for that, especially because of some things that happen in this, um, you know, particular episode and things that we see. So mm. I just want to make sure that we say that here at the top. So just be ready. Um, Pig, will you please lead us off with your number five? All right. Um, my number five, I wanted to pick something kind of small, but significant, which okay. I think kind of Everything is significant at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want to talk about Molly. Yeah. And her role in this episode. We've been following her. Definitely been speculating. Big things are coming with the storyline. There's going to be a curveball because of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still haven't gotten it necessarily. But I think her big point in this episode is definitely pointing us in that direction. And I will talk about specifically what I mean. Uh <laughs> So yeah, so I mean, of course, we start with after Kurt is arrested, Molly comes into Angela's office, and she's so excited about this huge break in the case, mm-hmm. and at least, you know, not the case she originally showed up for, but, you know, her and Angela have been on the side, kind of digging into Kurt's story and poking holes in that, and so now, oh yeah, he, we know he's been lying, but also he's a arrest, you know, under arrest for this murder, and her story's getting super juicy, so she's really excited about that, mm-hmm. but then... Angela is rightfully pissed at her for going behind her back and talking to Kurt. And so basically just tells her we're done working together. That's it. And then we don't see Molly for the rest of the episode until kind of coming up near the end of it, where she shows up at the bar to kind of console and talk with Angela after Kurt ends up getting released due to uh, his story mixed with how long that DNA sample has been there. It's just, shaky enough to where his story will get him off (laughs) for a little bit, at least, you know, hopefully not completely, but we will see. Um, And I I think that showed a lot in Molly that I think there is some selfishness to it. I think she still definitely wants in on this case and her getting close to Angela is how she's going to do that. But I still think it was a nice gesture for her to show up because she even says like, you know, I talked to Logan and it sounds like you could use a friend, which I know I'm not because of what happened with Kurt, but somebody's better than nobody right so at least mm-hmm. i want to be here for you and again i i can see i mean there's definitely something for her to gain in doing so yeah for but, sure but it's still good that she's there for angela and she has some really great things to say to angela i mean telling her that she did absolutely everything that she could and sometimes you know in her line of work that's what what happens sometimes you deal with unsatisfying endings and you know at least you put every bit of work you could into it and did everything that you can And so you should feel proud of you, you know, of yourself for that. Yeah, I think she I think it was nice, you know, how she reached out to her and, you know, was trying to be a friend and, you know, kind of comfort her knowing how she probably felt, um, you know, Kurt, you know, being able to walk away uh, from that. And I think we kind of needed that to happen because now that they had a chance to get together and talk, uh, got the Mm -hmm. wheels turning uh, in in the direction of looking at Dexter a little more, which yeah, that's uh, not good. <laughs> yeah, which another thing I'm just kind of you know Angela feeling guilty about not taking off with Iris, 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, things could have been different if she had gone. I think Molly was a really great support in yeah, in helping her through that, too. But yes, like you said, that that wonderful conversation between the two of them kind of takes a bad turn for Dexter. Uh, yeah. Starting with Molly questioning why Dexter showed up when he did. And he said that, you know, his excuse of checking the, the bar, you know, the cellar or whatever was really a weak excuse to where Angela was like, yeah, because he was following you. He did tell me that because he overheard what you and Kurt were talking about. And I love him. <laughs> Molly's like, uh, well, that doesn't make sense because he was at this table while we were at the bar and he wouldn't have been able to hear a single word we said un- unless he would have recorded us. But, you know, why Why would he do that? You know, I think he's, he's seeming really suspicious, but, you know, it's not like he's, like, hiding anything, like a secret identity or something. He right? couldn't be doing oh. that. He wouldn't, you're the chief of police. Yeah. So, well, uh, and, and <laughs> I mean, I'm glad at least because I know we, I think, talked about that last week that, like, how – does Molly, who you know has covers true crime, she takes these mm-hmm. deep dives. Uh, she's not dumb by any means, and she said herself, you know, I felt vibes that I tell my listeners to like run far away from, right? Uh, and and we thought, how can she not pick up on uh, Dexter's kind of weak excuse, you know, about mm-hmm. how he ended up to like what he's thought he saw some teenagers lurking about and that they were going right. to break in. I mean, that you're just kind of like, wait, what? You know, kind of doesn't make sense. But I think maybe in the moment, Molly was just more freaked out about Kurt than what she was yeah. about Dexter. Like, Dexter is like, like he's the lesser of two evils maybe at that point right. or something. Like, <laughs> you I'll being go with here him. is sketchy, but at least you're not going to murder me, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'll I don't, go with I don't you. think you're going to murder me, but it's a little yeah. bit weird that you just happen to show up and be here. Um, so I'm, I'm glad at least that she did kind of point out that this is kind of weird. But, and of course, Molly doesn't know this, uh, but Angela does. The whole, you know, the recording of them you know, for Angela, at least for the information that she has, doesn't seem so odd. She now knows who Dexter is. Like, she, he, he's not mm-hmm. really Jim Lindsay. He's Dexter Morgan, a former forensic expert from Miami Metro. Uh, the fact that he recorded them might have seemed a little bit odd, but it's also he's a forensics guy. And, yeah, she's you know, thinking so, maybe he's got a bug, you know, or this feeling about Kurt. And yeah, he's following it himself and then can come to her with any information if he finds something yeah absolutely so i didn't i was like well and of course you know i i think angela at this point is still protecting dexter's identity you know she Mm -hmm. hasn't told anyone else so you know she couldn't just offer that up to molly and be like oh well you know i i could kind of see why he might record you because of this you know so she's she's kind of keeping that to herself so um so i don't know uh but yeah, yeah, it's 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 not looking good. These two, Mm-mm. you know, uh, and I'm their... still. Yeah, you mentioned it. I'm still surprised that Molly doesn't know who Dexter is because of the stuff she covered. But yeah. it seems after this episode that it seems pretty clear cut that she doesn't recognize him. Yeah, they're making right. that pretty obvious. They're they're not trying to play with that anymore. That she doesn't. However, I do feel like she probably will soon because you know, even though she says, "Oh, you know, if." If he wasn't your boyfriend, I would I would be digging into him. But after this conversation, the way that Molly gets her claws into something and won't let go, I think she's gonna. It's gonna be eating away at her. I have a feeling that she's gonna be doing that deep dive on Jim Lindsay, regardless. Soon, anyway. <laughs> yeah, the fact that these two are talking and uh, and and I don't know if Angela will reveal it or not. I don't know if she and you know, she's still pretty pissed 
at him, right? That, mm-hmm. you know, he, he lied about who he was. Um, so I don't know if she feels any loyalty to him or not to keep a secret. Yeah. Uh, or, and what she would, if anything, tell Molly to then, yeah. you know, be like, well, here's what I found out. And I talked to, you know, uh, Angel Batista from the Miami Metro. If she starts giving all this information, you know, I mean, that's, that's not, that's just not hard to, to follow there. I mean, she's, she's covered Trinity. She's covered Bay Harbor butcher. Um, all she's got to do is trace a lot of that back. And cause she already, already thinks that Dokes was innocent from yeah. being the, the butcher. So yeah, I don't think it would take her long to start connecting some dots, making some phone calls, doing some research, mm-hmm. not looking good. No. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, well, I like that. It's a good place to start for sure. Um, mine is also just a, a little little point, uh, but <laughs> just because <laughs> uh, I feel like we've seen it so many episodes already, and I'm I'm kind of at the point. I just kind of wish Dexter would just talk to Harrison already. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison keeps storming off in a huff, and it makes it pretty difficult. For Dexter to get a word in, but there was a little window of opportunity there where Dexter could have just spit it out. Um, you know, hey, I left you because I'm a serial killer, and I worry about you because you have the same darkness in you, and your boss is a serial killer too. Ta-da! You know, right. um, could have just in a moment spilled that out. And I was so waiting there at the end uh, when um, after Harrison had confronted the the boys from the other wrestling team, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he had talked to Dexter and explained to him, you know, kind of. At least, at least revealed a little bit of, of how he had felt, and he's holding that razor in his hands. Uh, and I won't go into that whole part just yet. But when he's leaving, uh, and he calls out to his friend, like, "Hey, hold up!" And I was just waiting for Dexter to be like, I- I- "I'm a killer too," you know, like because <laughs> he's like Harrison, wait, and yeah. I'm just like, I I kill people, or I'm a serial killer, you know, something. But you know, and I'm thinking, boy, if that if that friend of Harrison's hadn't been there in the car, maybe he would have. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, oh, I mean, come on already. I I mean, I I know we've been talking for weeks. That I mean, I understand, like, you know, how you know how would Harrison react if Dexter really did tell him that? And Dexter's first instinct has always been, you know, don't get caught. You know, he doesn't reveal who he is, except for the people on his table, right? Yeah. Those those are the people that he opens up to, that he's honest, and anyone else who's found out who he is has died, uh, with the exception of, and I was corrected by a listener, thank you, Tony, um, uh, for reminding me that, uh, um, is was it Layman? Like, what was her name? Julia Stiles. Um, um, she did oh not die. God. Yeah. Whack. Wow, her, it was a, a interesting na- Lumen, Lumen. Lumen, that's it. Yeah, I had a brain fart, um, but yeah, she didn't die. So thanks, yeah. thanks for that reminder. Uh, but you know, she she knew who he was, and somehow she got out alive. I don't know how that happened, but, mm-hmm. but like pretty much everyone else that found out who Dexter was died, um, or bad bad things happened. So I I understand that's just not something that you put on someone, right? Um, because it's definitely not his instinct, and also, how the hell would Harrison even react to hearing something like that? Even though he himself shares a darkness, um, so right. I don't know. But I'm just like, dude. Even if you just confessed to, you know, like I witnessed my mother's murder, 
You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I had very similar circumstances as you. I went through a trauma. I felt pain from that. Uh, I feel like that would allow Harrison to relate to him so much because um, they just, I just keep seeing these missed opportunities and Harrison storms off right. and, you know, Dexter's just silently, you know, watching him walk away and doesn't talk to him. And I'm like, oh my God, something has to happen already. We got three more episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and breaking for next week's episode, Harrison actually finishes a meal. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that, yeah. but <laughs> just. <laughs> but anyway, it's like I, I don't know. That's quite a step. That's a leap. I don't know. I, don't <laughs> I, know. I believe that one. Um, <laughs> I mean, he didn't even finish this one, and he even like doused those eggs in Cholula, which I was like, yes, my dude, that is. He knows what's up, and he still did. How are you going to put Cholula all over those eggs and make them the most magnificent, magnificent, heavenly eggs in the world, and then still not eat all of them? Like, dude, come on, what are you doing? Oh, no, he's got, he's got some attitude, man. Got some attitude. I guess that that won out over the eggs. But yeah, <sighs> just just kind of a you know, I and I don't know. Maybe I want that, and when I get it, I won't like it. Or if it happens, I won't like how it turns out, or something. I don't know. But it's just like, man, we've had so many episodes yeah. of this already that well, I've, it's like, yeah gotta have something here i feel like it has to be in the next episode that it happens i mean the way that this episode ends is with dexter kind of that inner voice saying that's it i'm telling him yeah like <laughs> yeah he, he does say it there at the end but you know we saw what happened and you know will it happen the next episode i don't know i have right. some theories as to what what and they're probably all wrong and I'm okay with that because I feel like even if I'm wrong, it's, you know, whatever happens, I think there's a lot of good ways for this uh, season to, to end. Um, so I don't know. I've got some theories around how, how that might happen and how it might come out where Dexter finally does reveal to Harrison. Cause I think he kind of has to. Yeah. So I, I don't know. So I don't know. A little bit of a frustration, not so much with the show, but just let's get it out there. But um, yeah. I think they're, they're, they're waiting for this big moment, I guess. So anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens next next week. And we're recording this just like a day early than what we normally do. So I feel like I've got to wait even longer, you right. know, uh, to, to see what happens next. <laughs> Jeez. Um, that's I, know, okay. I was thinking It'll, about that earlier, too, where I was like, man, I can't wait to watch the next one. Then I was like, that's not still Sunday. Uh, it's only Tuesday. I know. No. <laughs> I know. Well, that's how I'll be spending my day after Christmas. Is nothing like you know celebrating mm-hmm. the 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 holiday than watching some serial killer stuff. Yeah. That's what I do in my house. Um, <laughs> how about your number four? All right, my number four. Uh, we mentioned a little bit, uh, but uh, it's basically Dexter and Angela, with Angela needing Dexter Morgan. Mm-hmm. So we talked about because uh, we pick up pretty soon after we left off the ending of last episode. Dexter's in the cave with Angela. He's made him way there. Uh, made his way there. She's wanting him to assess the corpse and see, you know, what he can find that could lead to any answers. And we see that, you know, she's like, "Well, Teddy will be back with the cavalry in like an hour." So this is off the books. This is not official. She has brought him in to do what he can quickly, get in, get out. So she has a little uh, backup plan of whatever Dexter can find for her because she's that she cares that much about this mm-hmm. that she's willing to bend the rules a little bit to to do the most that she can. And then I like that line where she says, yeah, Dexter Morgan, forensics expert from Miami Metro. He owes me. 
But she, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she's still yeah. a little upset, but I think she this is. does this puts a good tally mark in his in his box for for making things up to her a mm-hmm. little bit. Hopefully, because it does lead to some important information that she's able to use. Yep. So uh, yeah, Dexter's able to piece together some really unfortunate and sad things that you know you can tell are having an effect on Angela. He says, you know, I I can stop if you want me to, and she was like, no, I need to know. So we have as much information as possible, but it's bringing up a lot for her, but he's able to, you know, piece together. She was shot from behind. The bodies then moved to the cave after, so she wasn't shot here. Then the worst part of it is where he says, and she was still alive when she was buried in the rocks. And tragically, she died while just trying to fight her way out Mm. of under the rocks. And then that's where she, he kind of takes that look closer and sees that there's the skin on her teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, to where he had bit, or she had bit her attacker, and I love how she's like, "Yep, yeah, that's that's definitely Iris." Uh, and then he can run that DNA against, and I love, you know, he's just like, "It's been twenty five years, whatever." So it's, you know, unless the person's already in the system, it's going to be pretty, you know, slim chance that you're going to find anything. But I think he knows, you know, that Kurt is behind this. I think he has a really strong suspicion as well, even before she says so. Mm-hmm. Or him mentioning that because it comes back to they happen to have a freshly uh, taken DNA sample from Kurt they when do. they tried to match him to Matt. So, yep, kind of works perfectly. And then, you know, Angela, we find out, is already suspecting Kurt as well. Again, for reasons we've talked about the past couple of weeks because of him stopping the search before they got to the caves. So she has all of this suspicion on him anyway. And this is one more reason to, why didn't he want us in the caves? Oh, because my best friend's body has been missing for 25 years is here. And he probably would have known that. Mm-hmm. And I like how she, that, that little uh, thing between Angela and Dexter where he's like, well, I've got a theory too. You know, she's like, I'm pretty, we only need to run it against one sample. Really. I think I know who it was. And I was like, Oh, you do. So you want to, you want to run me, <laughs> run that by me, you know, to see if it has legs. And then I love that line where she goes, do you think it's got legs? And then his inner voice goes, and arms. And, and arms, a body. Yeah, and, yeah. and an isolated cabin in the woods. I <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> thought that was great. So <laughs> good. Just, God, I love love his inner voice and in, in monologues. Yeah. Classic texture. <laughs> yes. But it was really sweet, though, when he, it was like a little aw moment when he said, you know, my sister used to, you know, use me to test her theories. Out. And I was yeah. like, aw. Because you remember all those times, like, Hey, bro, got this homicide, and I need some help. And, you know, they'd yeah. hash it out, kind of took me back a little. So that was nice. Yes, was. Yeah, so I, I thought that was great. And then, of course, to add on to it is a little bit later, he decides to help her case a little bit more by letting her know about him rescuing Molly and then seeing the murder basement. Uh, <laughs> murder basement. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yep. <laughs> And it was it was a risky maneuver for him to to tell her that. I mean, Molly probably would have mentioned it eventually anyway if things got serious enough. So it does kind of cover he can, you know. Then if Molly's asking questions, then he's got some backup stories for. Oh yeah, I was following her because of this. Exactly, it would have looked worse had he not said yeah. something. Yeah. But even by him saying something, it does end up kind of putting some flags on himself and up and opening up those questions about why he was there. It's yeah. going to get Molly looking into him. But uh, well, it's a risk I, he decides it's willing to take, I think, just for his relationship with Angela, but also for Harrison. Uh, you know, he wants to help make sure Kurt is put away because right. him and him and Kurt are kind of butting heads and he feels like he's going to have to protect his son. So 
Yep. F- physically in that way, but then also just the relationship between him and his son. So there's these little selfish things too. He's like, well, if I put Kurt, or if I let the police handle it and take Kurt away, then Harrison sees who Kurt really is, and then he comes back to me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely so there's a lot got of little some, angles he's playing. He's yeah. definitely, you know, in allowing or deciding to say, well, I'll let the police handle it. Uh, you know, and for his selfish reasons, you know, he he is willing to risk it, letting that information out that he was with Molly yeah. and, and what happened, um, you know, and, and hoping, I think, that Angela will be so focused on wanting to get justice for Iris that she'll kind of overlook or not focus so much all the stuff about Dexter, that it's all about yeah. Kurt and just she'll either let it go or kind of forget about it. Or not worry about it because it gets her what she wants. And that's, you know, to, to see, um, you know, some justice for Iris and, you know, yeah. him him to pay for that. Uh, and not just for, for herself, but for her family, too, uh, and the community. Um, so, so, yeah, I think that was a risk. But, of course, then I think it did kind of backfire a little bit based on what we talked about earlier when they did get together and start talking. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. But yeah, that is my number four. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, my my number four, I such such interesting interactions between Dexter and Kurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I've said it often since we got to meet Clancy Brown uh, it, when he first entered the scene. He's so great. He just really elevates every scene that he's in. And, of course, Michael C. Hall, longtime fan, absolutely love him. So seeing those two in a scene together and how they're, like, like battling it out and, like, what's really yeah. under the surface. I couldn't help but think, like, throughout all those scenes, what you were saying last week. Like, your voice was in my head. And I was like, Rima, you were nailing it with a lot of these things. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like you said, like, these two, like alpha predators like circling each other and mm-hmm. testing each other out like that's exactly what i saw especially in that diner scene before oh he gets yes arrested. like i'm like that's what this is it's just these two predators locked eyes with each other just to like yeah test the waters and and kind of needling at each other and i was like man this is so good, so good. i mean <laughs> i've i've made it known m- multiple times i I, I feel Trinity is definitely one of my favorite villains in, in Dexter. Um, but I'm going to tell you what, uh, Clancy Brown, Kurt uh, here, uh, he's he's got to be right up there, too. Mm-hmm. He's I'm really feeling it. Uh, he's doing such a fantastic job. And, yes. you know, Dexter, we've talked about it. He's gotten kind of sloppy uh, this this go around with you know when he ki- when he killed Matt, yeah, uh, and his cleanup and he's gotten a little sloppy and I think with Kurt he's kind of met his match a little bit you know yeah his his Dexter's moves he's he's still very smart but everything is starting to unravel a little bit you know and we've mm-hmm. seen it before um, and but you know just if one small thing goes awry I mean this this is kind of it here. Um, and then we had, I mean, God, that scene when Dexter tells Kurt, they always leave something behind. Uh. (laughs) And then what do we get? Kurt has that pin or screw, whatever you want to call it, um, that, you know, we knew that 
Matt had in his leg yeah. and not just the one, but the two, cause they do come in pairs. Yeah. Um, which uh, that's another, you made that call early on in the season. Yeah. And so I applaud you for that. Cause when that came back, I was like, damn, Rima strikes again. She <laughs> I got was it. starting she to have it. my I, doubts <laughs> because it's been, I was like, maybe uh, I was wrong about that. Maybe that's not going to come back, but yeah, but, but I, yeah. I have a note about that. Like I have the exact kind of quotes from there, but I do love that point. Yeah. Cause he's like digging at Dexter. He's making like vague non-threat threats about Harrison, mm-hmm. which is kind of, you know, is like not, not going to play his hands. Like I'm not saying I'm going to hurt Harrison, but wouldn't it be a shame? You know, like these, like these little underhanded things, but yeah, the, the lines that I have, like exactly. It was Dexter saying, you think you can get rid of everything. Something always gets left behind where Kurt responds, you're right. Something always gets left behind. We can never erase all of our sins. Not even fire will do that. And he goes on to talk uh-huh. about that night a little bit. And then, you know, so I skipped over those parts, but then at the end of it, he goes, and I know one thing you don't. Titanium doesn't melt. <laughs> yep. And Dexter's ooh, like, ooh. huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. It was so good. It was so good. And I, I you know, I'll admit that I underestimated Kurt a little bit, you know, because right. uh, I'm thinking, dude, this is Dexter Morgan we're talking about here, right? But yeah, Dexter's gotten a little little sloppy. He's a little out of practice, a little rusty. And, uh, you know, that was a mistake. And I think Dexter also made that same mistake by underestimating him. And he, he continues even after being presented with with those uh, titanium screw, well, the one screw, um, and he goes off looking for the other one. Dude, he's walking up in his office. He's not wearing any gloves. Right. And he's and then he straightens that plaque. Why didn't he mm-hmm. look behind it? You know, one right. I, I thought. Well, what's why is it crooked? Is there something behind it? Did it get moved? And also, you should have left it because that I feel like would be something that Kurt would pick up oh, on yeah. right that's kind of like those those people who have that kind of tendency of uh not necessarily like serial killer tendencies but like um tendency to feel like other people are kind of looking after that like you know are against them or mm-hmm. you know have this thought that oh other people are out to get me mm-hmm. and so they will do those kinds of things where they'll purposely leave things out of place or turn. i mean you think of uh oh shit what is uh Kathy Bates, uh, <laughs> misery. Oh, the you know, little King's misery, the penguin? like the little like penguin where yep. it's like where you know he, he knocks faces... it over off the table and then puts it back on the table. She's like, well, he, the penguin's always facing north or whatever it was. Yeah, just like and it wasn't. It's like those little details that like they'll <laughs> yeah. they'll remember so they know somebody's been messing with their stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I I used I don't do it anymore. Um, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe I can say it because I don't do it anymore. But uh, used to leave like a piece of string in my door. So, you mm-hmm. know, and then if, you know, you would know if someone had entered, if it had, yeah. you know, if, if that string was no longer uh, in, in the door, door frame or door yeah. jam there when you close the door. Um, I, you know, that was something that I used to do um, a lot um, just to, you know, kind of be something that people wouldn't think to, to look for or whatever. But yeah, yeah, and we know Dexter who likes everything just so, like everything was neat and in its place. He didn't like disorder. He was always very clean and orderly. 
so of course, and and I saw that as he's just kind of leaning back in Kurt's chair, and you can see that plaque that's crooked on the back, and I was like, oh mm-hmm. shit, Dexter's going to straighten <laughs> that. He's not going to just allow that to be there. That's so right. not Dexter. Like he's not going to be able to help himself because um, that's mm-hmm. just who he is. But um, but yeah, I mean, just watching those scenes, uh, the the scene in the diner, and then the scene also in the jail when mm-hmm. he he broke in. Uh, to go see him in jail, I thought, man, the 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 meeting of these two guys, and you know, once you know, like you said, like they're like two sharks circling each other, and there can only be one. Um, so I don't know, just just really great scenes, really great acting from the both, and I am just enjoying the hell out of Clancy Brown in this role. He's definitely becoming one of my favorite villains uh, in in Dexter. Just saying a lot. So just wanted to kind of talk about those scenes. Um, and, you know, underestimating Kurt, uh, and I don't know, a little bit worried about what's going to happen next, but we'll see. Um, see, that was number four, right? What is your number three? I'm actually going to go ahead and do my number one because it is that also it's this Dexter versus Kurt. Okay. Uh, and so I'm just going to, yeah, add on to it, whatever I have. Um, because I love this conversation, so keep it going. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) of course, and it goes, ties into a little bit with my last point too, where, Angela and Dexter go down to kind of check on Kurt and see what's going on. And we see that Kurt has stripped and cleaned the murder basement. And <laughs> Dexter's wondering if the case will hold now at this point, you know, cause if it doesn't, there's, you know, at least he starts thinking, you know, there's always a plan B that involves shrink wrap, a table and a knife. So yep. if you don't, <laughs> but, but he wants it to work out for, a number of reasons. So he's, he's willing to work with Angela here and really hope that she gets her guy. Mm-hmm. And then the next notes that I have that we haven't talked about other than, yeah, cause we talked about the, the diner scene. I do have some more like the specific kind of not exact quotes, but I have some paraphrased quotes uh, of just them like needling in and out of each other on that uh, where Kurt says, you know, you know, it's a tough job, but he'd rather be out here freezing his ass off than at home. You know, kind of digging at him, like, you know, your relationship with your son's not very good. But then Dexter just, you know, serves it right back. Like, oh, like your son. Yeah, always coming and going. And everyone's like, oh, did Molly ever get that interview, by the way? Because I would love to hear Matt's side. And there's like, just like his smarminess and those, like the way he just kind of so smirks good. when he so says it. So Dexter-like, yeah. Like, oh, it's so good. It's good to see. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Kurt starts bringing up that night that Dexter gave him a ride after tossing Matt's remains in the fire. Uh, uh-huh. And then talks about the ash and things. And then that's where you start saying like Kurt somehow knows some information on this. And we find out in that jail scene later that he knows Dexter was involved. And that's, what's you know, so we see that later, brilliant. you know, he has the, the screws mm-hmm. and you know how he's leaving those. I'm not sure how he was able to tie it to Dexter specifically. Well, I'm hoping we get a good answer on that because, like, he knows what happened and how it happened, but I'm wondering how he knows the who. Like, what has led I've, him to knowing it was Dexter? Well, okay, yeah, you, such a great point. I have this in my notes too. That that's what was so great because it, it clarified in this episode that Kurt knew Dexter killed his son very early on. And it gives right. a new perspective to all the interactions um, that, that happened earlier in the episodes. It's why I think he targeted Harrison to work for him early on, like mm-hmm. going, because usually he goes so after think, females and yeah. now he's going. Do you think it was even 
all the way back when they're using Dexter's like front yard as a setup ground. Do you think Kurt was even aware then as he's showing up to to rally the troops to keep looking? And I don't know. I, he... I'd have to go back and look because I feel like it's there, or or you'll you'll pick up on it. I, and I'm theorizing. I don't know, but I feel like if I go back and watch. Now that we know that Kurt has known for quite some time, or at least been very suspicious of of Dexter and feeling, I guess, in his gut, maybe he's got a sense like Dexter does. Dexter's like, I got to read on you because I am like you. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if Kurt has the same thing. Um, I don't know. I know that we talked about when he came to the house and gave Harrison the drone. And he was yeah, kind of like he was a little bit of a fishing. Was very loaded. It was very fishy. Yeah, yeah. It was like he was fishing for something there. Um, but I'm, I'm, I am curious if it was something even bef- before then. Um, I'm yeah, not sure, that's... but I feel like he did. Like he's and, and and ever since then, he has specifically went after Harrison uh, to you know to kind of prepare Harrison for leverage on Dexter. Yeah, I really, really think that yeah. he's so using was... Harrison as you know, um, revenge for Matt. Yeah, that's really good. Yes, there was definitely a point where Kurt knew Mm -hmm. what happened and then is just kind of keeping that in the dark and and planning to use it against him. And I wonder if it has something to do with this, I guess, Elric Kane is the name of the guy because that's when Dexter's in the office, that's the check, that's the name that's on that check for 5,000. And I have to assume that's the guy that Kurt hired to stay at the hotel in New York under Matt's name. Yes, that's, that's the, the dude guy that pretended to be Matt. Yep. That's that's the guy that approached Harrison and gave him the envelope with the screw in it to give to Dexter. Uh-huh. Um so maybe that guy's kind of uh <laughs> Kurt's little bird out in the world picking up information. Uh Pretty sure it was his reflection there in the window at the end when Dexter was taken. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was, was he's the guy yeah. that grabs Dexter at the end. And so I wonder maybe that guy saw dexter dumping the body into the fire or well i don't know um so he mentions that night when dexter he's like oh if it hadn't been for you you know i i I would have never made it home in that he he discovered that it was ash when he got because i i don't think he was drunk at all now i know that um oh hell what's her name the bartender um that was like oh yeah kurt comes in and he ties one on every couple months and and maybe maybe he was really lit but i don't know i feel like in i still feel like he was faking being that drunk um but either way, when he got home, he realized that that was not snow. It was ash. He knows yeah. it was also very late at night. Like, what the hell was Dexter doing out so late at night? That's kind of sus. Small yeah. town. Somebody has freshly used the incinerator. Somebody, so. The incinerator is on, freshly used. Dexter is also driving from that direction, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. from where the incinerator, from, from just having thrown Matt's body in there and it burning up. Um, he's also very out late out late at night why why would dexter be out late at night it's a small town you know i know in my small town everything is shut down like pretty much eight o'clock there is not a soul left around (laughs) so if there is someone out you kind of notice you know you're kind of like huh okay you know you just kind of pick up on that anyway at least where i'm from um so i don't know i think that he just that he was thinking well okay the incinerator dexter was coming from that way there was ash i think he just went to the incinerator and discovered the the screws and just started to kind of like hmm his you know little 
neck hairs pricked up and turned his eyes towards mm-hmm. Dexter. And I think some, you know, uh, the interactions that they had. Again, I want to go back and and see that because I think it's going to change yeah. that perspective of when. Yeah, that's a good call is maybe him getting onto the track of Dexter after that night. So when he's first showing up, imploring, imploring the police to keep looking and all that, he really was like a father in grief at that moment. But then I think piecing together then that night where he where Dexter picks him up and then realizing Angela's getting closer to the caves. Maybe he just kind of threw this plan together last minute and and went with that. Because I do think he went to keep her away from the caves. Yeah. I mean, I think I think if it hadn't been for that, maybe um, he would have maybe done what he could to try and, and steer things like suspicion towards um, Dexter. Yeah. Uh, or get his own revenge on Dexter personally. Maybe, maybe do like Dexter when Dexter does his due diligence when he's got a target in mind, mm-hmm. and you know, he 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 would you know take it upon himself to get to get justice or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I really need to go. I haven't had a chance to go back and watch. I've been focusing so hard on this one, but I really do think yeah. it might be a little bit more clear now that we know that Kurt has now knows and has probably known for quite some time. Because he's been, I think, yeah. it's like Dexter said, he's playing chess. And he's going to let mm-hmm. you think that you're ahead, you know, th- this whole time. So I, I think that's what Kurt has done. And that's, I think, that's why I think he's just so smart and uh, yeah. truly underestimated him. Yeah. Let me see uh, if there's any, any other little notes on that. Uh, again, yeah. So I'm assuming this is Kane that mm-hmm. brings the envelope so. to, to Harrison. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, takes it to, to Dexter. Dexter, at first season, has no idea what it means. He's like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> like, what? what is... Yeah. What, but he's like, I think it's one of Kurt's guys. He's like, what is Kurt up to? So it, it's enough for him to, to dig into Kurt and, like, go to the, the jail to talk to him. And I love how Dexter gets in there. Is he lets Mrs. Gross's sheep loose uh, <laughs> yes. to keep Teddy, Teddy busy enough while he can go visit Kurt. And the sheep getting at Mrs. Gross's sheep getting out of their pen has been a recurring thing mentioned so many times throughout the season yep. that it's believable. And I think that's really clever that they did that. It is funny. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And then, so yeah, after the conversation in the jail with Kurt, that's when, you know, cause he says something about the titanium and it still takes Dexter a couple of seconds to really realize, you know, to put two and two together between what Kurt said and the titanium rod, but he does a little looking in, he's like, Oh shit. And that's where, yeah, he ends up going to try to find the other one in Kurt's office. You know, loose ends make my ass itch. Oops, wrong show, wrong quote. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hate loose ends is the Dexter version. Uh, that's all. Um, but yeah, it's a loose end that he needs to take care of because that's leverage that Kurt can have on him. Hell if yeah. He's got these screws. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's about it. Other than, you know, when Dexter hears that Kurt's been released and he goes... Looks like I do have to kill him after all, which I was like, looks like the Bay Harbor Butchers, you know, he may have to open up shop for a pop-up special in Iron Lake once more. He's getting great business with the Caldwells, so. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's what he always did if there was someone who was able to evade, you know, um, a conviction or if they couldn't get the case to stick and they got away with it and Dexter was able to prove that. Yes, they really did do those things and other horrible things. And yep, that was his target. So, mm-hmm. yep, he he's definitely on his radar now. Oh yeah, classic, classic Dexter. 
<laughs> so good. That was really good. Um, well, my number three, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, because I don't know. This is, I, I'm curious, and I'd be curious to see what you think and what our listeners think and what other theories there might be. But I, I'm curious about Kurt's possible motive. Um, like, why why does he target young ladies? Why does he hunt them, shoot them in the back? We still don't know anything about this whole taxidermy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm picking up is, because we, we get that whole flashback, of course, he's... We get he's, his childhood trauma right. situation. And and I, I kind of buy at least that part of it as a child when he talks about his, you know, how his mom beat up on or sorry his dad beat up on his mom um clearly that's traumatic for a child his mom you know just leaves leaves him behind with his abusive father all of that clearly traumatic and it looks like that did make an impact on him because it it looked truthful um and then, of course, the part where he talks about, you know, it was Iris that went with his dad and not him. But, of course, when we get that flashback, it's really Kurt. So yeah. we do see what really happened. And so I don't know if that's kind of where it started was with Iris. And as he was talking about his father who would pick up women. And did you catch the song that was playing while when mm-hmm. he was little? And yeah, so yep. that song keeps popping up. So that have something to do with his whole ritual when he plays that song and then they I think so. run and yeah. hunt them. Um, so we know that his, his dad picked up girls. Now they weren't exactly runaways. They, you know, called them lot lizards, girls that, um, you know, uh, worked the truck stops and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he abused them and, and treated them horribly. So I, I'm trying to just kind of figure it out. So my, I'm feeling like he he wants to protect the like the runaways from people like his his dad, and mm-hmm. didn't maybe realize until that moment with Iris that he also has an instinct to kill. Um, because yeah. with maybe it's like this, he's kind of become the judge. Like it's kind of this mix between protecting the ones you know against people like his father. But then also judging the ones who would just continue to put themselves in that position. Because I think yeah. with Chloe and the first girl we got, which we don't think we got her name, he gave them money. Right. He gave them an opportunity to, to try to, to get travel. Them a job. And then they came back and asked for more money because they had spent it on something else and still hadn't left. Right. And, and so once he, he kind of picks up on these girls that in his mind are, you know, using the system and, and actually just are stuck in this cycle of... Of this situation, he's like, well, there's no hope for them anyway, so I might as well take them out. Again, it's a weird stretch to take, but who's to know what you know what's going on in his mind with this? Yeah, I I don't know either. Uh, but you know, it's it, because yeah, with Iris, until she refused his help, you know, and then ran. That's when he got really angry, and mm-hmm. that's when he shot her. And I think then he's like, oh. He kind of liked that. Like, he liked that thrill of killing, and that's what he keeps recreating. You know, he he does the same thing. He'll offer the help, and they refuse it, and he kills them. And then he justifies that by not letting them become victims of people like his dad, all the while getting excitement from killing them. Yeah. So it's kind of this twisted way of like, 
oh, well, if they're not going to actually take the help and they're going to keep doing this, then they're going to die anyway. So it might as well be now than later. Right. Because he found out he's, he gets a thrill from it at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, and I thought what was interesting is he's telling this story to Angela. She actually questions herself and thinks that she's wrong when she's talking to Molly later. Like how, mm-hmm. you know, I can't believe that. And, you know, or should I believe it? She's kind of questioning herself. And I'm like, I was really surprised that she took him at his word on that story because the story still mm-hmm. does not explain Matt's disappearance or cur- covering up the disappearance. And, and, you know, and because right, he was covering up the disappearance, them from going to the cookies, right? Because he, he still, knew that body was there. Yeah, because he's still trying to prevent <laughs> them from finding the body. Um, and then, of course, he lures Molly out to the cabin to talk to Matt, who just happens to be gone when they get there. Um, and then, of course, Dexter uh, giving the description of the cabin. You know, hey, this was. You know, there were walls, and there was a bathroom. There's a camera up here. I mean, he doesn't really have. I mean, I couldn't think of any incentive for him to lie, and he's very detailed. I mean, Dexter knows his stuff, and she knows that he's Dexter and and knows these details because he was a forensic expert. Um, But And then to find when they they get there, it's completely stripped down, smells like bleach, there's a red flag. Um, Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, all of those aren't red flags anymore that's worth investigating because now it's time to talk about Jim. Yeah, Um, I think, I feel like... I'd be a, I, I'd I'd find it a problem if the show went that direction and kind of wrote that off because I believe Angela is much smarter than that and it does her diligence a lot. So honestly, I think she's just her hands are tied at this point. I mean, the DA, the DA even comes in and says, <laughs> "Yeah, this 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 doesn't hold in a court of law right now." So legally, she has to let him go. But I think she, it's going to keep festering with her, and she's she's not going to let go of Kurt. I, I hope not. I, th- I, I don't think she believes him because all of those things that you just mentioned, they add up, they they stack up way more than the story he told. That's what I felt like anyway, because it's like all the, the reasons why she was suspicious of him in the first place, you know, that all of a sudden he's, you know, she just... Uh, and, and yeah, I'm sure that the, what the DA said plays a part of it too, Uh I don't. I couldn't sit here and say, "Oh yeah, a jury definitely will will throw some reasonable doubt on that," and then they're screwed because then if then if he's you know found not guilty or just whatever, then you can't charge him again. You got to have a pretty decent case, yeah. you know, to be able to get a conviction. It's not as easy as what shows like Law and Order or whatever make it out to right. be. Uh, so, and as we've seen with so many uh, of people that do get away with things when clearly they are extremely guilty. Um, so, and and vice versa. Sometimes yeah. people who are convicted that were wrongfully convicted, um, yeah. all kinds of can't, not going down those rabbit holes by any means. But so, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, no, they were wrong to say that. I don't know. But just not just going by that, but it's like all of those things that add up that, you know, hit, you know, Kurt lying about Matt calling him, calling off the search as soon as Angela mentions the caves. Um, And then, of course, Kurt knows about familial DNA similarities because, you know, he gave the sample, you know, like you mentioned earlier, he gave that sample uh, when they were looking for Matt. So it's like, now we believe him, you know? I mean, fine, if if you think that the, the DA can't get a conviction based off what they have or just based off that DNA, but that doesn't mean you just have to, like, take him at his word now. And I hope she doesn't. Yeah. I hope she doesn't. I don't think she does, because so. I think what she says to Molly is something like, who knows, maybe it was the dad. Like, yeah. 
you know, she's kind of got that little doubt, but I think she still definitely suspects Kurt. She's not giving up on, she has very, especially just the conversation that they had in the way he was, I mean, he, I felt he was a little smarmy about certain things yeah. or very deflective when she's talking about, you totally. know, well, Mac didn't call, you know, well, we checked your computer and your phone records and you or Matt never called exactly. each other that night. And he was like, well, how is that relevant? It's like, it's very relevant what? whenever you're lying about the whole situation. Exactly. Yeah. Cause he's still not explaining that at all. Like, you know, Angela doesn't know that Matt's dead. She still thinks he's alive based on what uh, Kurt has said. And there's zero explanation for any of that. Yeah. Ugh. Well, that's my number three. Anyway, we'll see. Nice. Um, but yeah, just trying to figure out his motive uh, and and talking about the story that um, that he made up. And then, of course, getting to kind of see what really happened. Just want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your number two? Uh, my number two is the same thing. Okay. Uh, so it's, again, kind of those things. I'll see if I can add a little bit uh, on. Of course, uh, so when Angela and Logan show up to arrest Kurt at the diner and Dexter is there right after their... Uh, shark circling conversation <laughs> uh and you know angela gives dexter that strange little look you know that what the hell are you doing here kind of eyebrow raise and then when she's talking to molly is even like yeah and why was dexter having he's like, just having coffee? some pie with with yeah, it's like having coffee Kurt. and pie yep. with the guy when he knows we're coming <laughs> to arrest him like yep. what's up with that so that's kind of some more red flags on dexter uh, and then Dexter also, I think, was showing his hand a little bit. The fact that he was constantly texting Angela, checking in on, so did you get Kurt to confess yet? Is Kurt under arrest? Did, you know, and it's like, okay, you're, I get that you're helping out with this, and but you seem a little too interested. Yeah. Why, <laughs> why are you so invested? Yeah. You know, yeah. But then, yeah, with Angela questioning Kurt in the room, I think she was incredible in that scene you know unfortunately she was but she got a little holds up enough to to kind of take her down but she got a little too emotional there she shouldn't have done that yeah but she did pin him down pretty good Mm -hmm. i think i did have that she she had the upper hand she won at first when she reveals yeah we ran your computer and your phone and you never had any contact with matt so i know you've been lying about that and so then you know why did you stop whenever we are going to the caves and then, oh, how'd you get that scar? Oh, yeah, because there's DNA from her teeth where she would have bit somebody that matches your DNA. So, And then that shuts him up to where he just goes, I want my lawyer. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have a feeling she has that little feeling like I won when he says that. Yeah. Like that's that's an upper hand. Whenever he shuts up and says, I need a lawyer, it's like, I have something on you here. Sure okay, do. I see. You know? Which we never found out really how she was able to explain the fact that uh, getting or finding the t- or not finding the tooth because teeth were there but finding mm-hmm. the 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 human skin on the teeth you know like dexter said that's that was illegally found how is she going to yeah. explain that who well i guess it's illegal if dexter found it but i guess she can just take credit for it and say i, I guess but i noticed it and i decided maybe we should run it just in case she can try. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. I, I mean, there's a whole chain of custody. And anytime that uh, like a defense attorney gets a hold of a discrepancy in the chain of custody of any evidence, your case yeah. is the I mean, that's it. You're done. You know, that's mm-hmm. more reasonable doubt that you can throw in. So I don't know how she was able to, you know, get that in the in, in there and presented uh, in a legal fashion and bring it up. Um, cause she's, she's pushing the boundaries there. I mean, she, she brought in Dexter yeah. for this quick forensic, um, breakdown of the scene. 
Um, she took, they went to the cabin, uh, <laughs> a funny line, uh, when she's like, did you hear that? And Dexter's like, is that the sound of you not needing a search warrant? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> best. <laughs> love that line so much. And then they mm-hmm. illegally enter. Um, yeah. you know, so, I mean, she's pushing the boundaries here. I have a theory about why and what might happen, um, or, you know, what might come up. Uh, in the next couple of episodes, but um, yeah, that that was an interesting scene there with yeah. her her interview with, with Kurt. She definitely had her bases yeah. covered, but it was that that darn report that kind of gave enough doubt. Yeah, and that's I do love the way that they did that, where we get his story and he's telling it, and it's all truthful up until, and then she got in the da- the truck with my dad, and then as he's telling that story. We're seeing the flashback of her getting in his truck and him going, I'm Kurt. And (laughs) so we're seeing the truth at the same time as we're hearing his, you know, story. Yep. And so I thought that was really well done the way that they did that. And then after the, you know, he's released. I just have my note again about Logan. I think I still, I love Logan so much. Yeah, he's he's a good character. so great because, you know, he has so much love and respect for Kurt. Mm-hmm. But I love how he also stands up for Angela. Whenever he's like, well, it's your chief that needs to apologize to me. And then he goes, well, we have to follow where the evidence points, sir. It was a righteous arrest. We got the truth. Exactly. And well, well, they didn't, but they think they did. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Uh, and then following up later, you know, giving that little extra, you know, stab at Kurt saying, you know, we could have spared you the inconvenience if you'd come forward all those years ago, not to mention the victim's family. You know exactly. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> I love that point. Logan's making that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he's kind of even all the respect he has for Kurt, he's making that point to say, Kurt, you really fucked up. Even if you didn't do this, you've caused a lot of pain that you you could have helped. Yep. And then when Angela comes in, and it's just that little moment she completely refuses his handshake and walks off. I was like, yes, good on you. Mm-hmm. Like. Like it's it's not over. That. Yeah. I don't I'm not yeah. apologizing and it's not over, I think. Yeah, so good. So, yeah. Good stuff. Well my number two. Uh so I've waited long enough. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about a cameo this episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> One that I've been waiting for because I don't know. I, I tried to 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 Sometimes it's hard to avoid these announcements when they come across. Yes. And I think I brought this one up a number of episodes ago yeah. where I said there was a name that was in the who's supposed to appear this season. And I said I wouldn't say it then. Right. But I was like, but I'm, I'm curious to see if that happens. And so this episode, we did see how that came to fruition. We sure did. <laughs> and yeah, we got to see a cameo from John Lithgow himself, also known as the Trinity Killer uh, or Arthur Miller, as he was known in his normal day-to-day life. Um, and, and well, we got a naked Trinity, for one. We got a little bit of <laughs> callback, if yeah. you remember season four, a little bit of naked Trinity. Um, but No wonder Harrison's been having nightmares. Yeah, no kidding. That every night. No, no uh, kidding. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Covered in blood. But, uh. <laughs> I mean, one, before I go into my whole point, I mean, it was just really great to see John Lithgow again. Uh, but it, it was announced, you know, they were making some announcements, you know, here and there uh, when they announced uh, Dexter New Blood some people that were coming back and they did say that John Lithgow would, would be making a cameo appearance. And you're thinking, well, Mm -hmm. 
it has to be a flashback, right? Because we know Trinity died on Dexter's table, but how was that yeah. going to come about? Uh, a lot of speculation, and it didn't disappoint. So it was really great to see him again, because again, big fan of that season, mm-hmm. uh, big fan of John Lithgow, just in general, not just from Dexter. Yeah. I've I have loved John Lithgow since I was a little kid and I saw the Twilight Zone movie. He was in that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, oh God, it was so good. And in his, because, um, you know, it's a little um, short stories there in Twilight Zone. And his in particular yeah. s- scared the life out of me. Like I was scared to ever fly on a plane because of that. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go watch it. But yeah, it, it kind of scarred me uh, whenever I was a little kid. So big fan of John Lithgow from that moment on. Um, everything that he's done, whether it's been drama or comedy, I think he's was brilliant in Third Rock from the Sun. Anyway, we've established I'm a fan. Well, what I thought was super important, so not not was it not just the, like this cool factor of getting to see Trinity, right, and getting this cameo yeah. that yes, ultimately cool, but I think this was very important. This scene that we got with Trinity. Uh, and, and this scene that we got in this flashback, and I, the reason why this scene that we uh, were shown here in this episode was never shown in Dexter's original series. And the inclusion of this scene provides some context for Harrison's trauma, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely was in the room. He, he definitely was in the room. We've established that. And I mean, we know that's where Dexter found him uh, there at the, in the finale mm-hmm. of season four when he got home. Um, but it also makes Rita's death, I think, much darker. I mean, it was already dark, right? Uh, he, mm-hmm. She's beautiful and innocent and, uh, you know, you couldn't ever really be mad at Rita. And then for her to be a young mom, uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're making strides in their marriage and their relationship and they're happy. And then she's brutally murdered. So it was already dark, but it was even darker getting to see the scene, um, for Harrison for sure. And how it's, I think invaded his psyche. So considering, you know, how significant Rita's death was to Dexter, you know, in his life moving forward, um, you know, it was kind of, it surprised me to know that that was kind of cut from the original, but, you know, at the same time, I think because we didn't see that, um, or maybe we really didn't need to see it. I mean, we knew, we knew if you watch season four, you knew how, how brutal, um, Trinity was right. And, and what yeah. his MO was for the bathtub murders, um, and what that looked like and what he did with his pre- previous victims. So maybe it was more powerful to kind of leave that out when it came to Rita, because it kind of left that image in our minds without having to really see it. Like we already knew what Trinity did to the women in the bathtubs. Yeah. We didn't really need to see it with, with Rita, but, and, and I mean, and we didn't know, of course. So we didn't know any details about Rita. We Dexter comes home. She's dead in the bathtub. The tub's overflowing with the water and her blood. There's Harrison on the floor. Um, And Trinity didn't provide any details. He didn't tell Dexter whenever he was on the table. We didn't get any other details of what happened. So this whole moment that we see in this flashback was a complete shock, right? I mean, holy shit, Mm -hmm. how many of us were completely stunned when we when we watched the season four finale? Unless hopefully didn't get spoiled. But I mean, what a stunning freaking moment. So anyway, this scene 
you know, we've never seen it, never heard about it, didn't get any context of what really happened. But now we we get it. And mm-hmm. this the show takes Harrison's trauma, his feelings, and his memories into account. And now we get to see this really important scene that's finally shown as a flashback with Harrison. And it's all about Harrison's born in blood moment, like Dexter, right? Yeah. And it makes it all the more traumatizing because Harrison's an infant. He's, and we see it from his view, right? Mm -hmm. Like we see him sitting, well, we don't see him, but we see like through his eyes, staring at his mother's hand. And there's, you see what we saw in season four, Rita's hand over um, the top of the uh, tub. You see Trinity getting out of the tub, covered in his mother's blood, naked. Um, And then you see, and then of course, and Rita is never shown. Um, You just see that, again, the tub overflowed. Trinity then walks over and comforts Harrison, and it's all from Harrison's viewpoint. And just like Dexter, you know, in the flashbacks we had of Dexter, we didn't, you know, it never really actually depicted her death. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think that here shows how Harrison has repressed the brutal and traumatizing moment of his mother being killed. Like he was there. He was there on the floor when Trinity was going through his whole ritual. Um, And while we see Rita's death from Harrison's perspective, now I feel like it's become clear why he's so fixated on Trinity and why he carries that razor blade. And I think it also uh, helps understand another reason why Harrison is so angry at Dexter. Like you would think that it's because he abandoned him. Um, we know Harrison has kind of questioned, well, you left because you saw darkness in me or you thought there was something wrong with me. But I think here when John Lithgow walks over to Harrison and he says, there, there, daddy will be home soon. That's coming from Harrison's memory. That implies Trinity and Dexter knew each other because why else would Trinity say, or why would Trinity ever say anything about his dad or mention that he would be home soon? And right. that line is stuck in Harrison's memory. And that, I think, would lead that Harrison may be holding a grudge against Dexter for knowing Trinity and failing to prevent Rita's death. And it makes me wonder, does Dexter, does that mean he'll reveal the truth to Harrison, how he's ultimately responsible for Rita's death? If you remember from season four, he had several opportunities to kill Trinity but he didn't mm-hmm. because he he yeah. enjoyed, you know, either uh, the game. He enjoyed learning about because he was so fascinated. Like, well, it wasn't there even a point where Trinity, where, where Arthur was going to kill himself and Dexter saved him, saved him. Yeah. Like <laughs> saved him from, they were at one of those, um, the builds, the uh, yeah. housing builds. And he and was just going to, going to fall throw off himself off the roof. Yeah. yeah. And Dexter saved him. So he had multiple opportunities to kill Trinity and he never did. And, uh, and then because of what happened there at the end when Trinity was on to Dexter, he, Dexter was chasing him and the game was on and the hunt was on. And before he captured him, or before Dexter got Trinity and captured him and put him on his table, he killed Rita. And of course, we didn't know that until Dexter got home. Um, so, so yeah, ultimately, he was responsible for Rita's death. Um, so... I don't know. And to think that Harrison has had to relive this moment, you know, for 
you know, 15 years. Um, I don't know. And, and, and that disturbing Harrison watching Trinity get out of the bathtub, covered in his mother's blood, a smile on his face just makes the whole thing so unsettling. Um, so I don't know. Just, But I, I feel like that was super important and definitely explains a lot about Harrison um, and his feelings. And I, I mean, I remember Dexter took Harrison to a, a child psychologist afterwards because he was concerned because, of course, seeing Dexter's yeah. background, I mean, that's what happened to him. Of course, Dexter was three years old when his mother was murdered and he witnessed that. Harrison was 10 months the child yeah. psychologist assured him, like he doesn't remember any of that. He doesn't. He doesn't understand. He doesn't remember. But Harrison tells him, "I remember everything," and he he mentions hearing it in the podcast. Like he he always had these dreams, had these nightmares, had these you know images. Um, but then the podcast brought it all back. And I mean, the human brain works in you know ways that we don't understand. And I think that there was probably uh, you know that there was something in Harrison's mind that blocked some of that trauma for him until now. Um, but I think he's always had those feelings against Dexter for some reason. And I think especially now he's just really angry because I think he definitely thinks uh, he had more to do with it, that there was something between him and Trinity. Uh, so I don't know, just really, I think really, really important. It wasn't just like a cool cameo. I think it held some extreme importance based on, based on some of that. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I definitely agree. I hadn't really thought as deep about it, but I'm really glad that you did. That's yeah, awesome. Because really, my only note is just like, yeah, Arthur reappearing in the flashback was super creepy. And like, <laughs> it was super you know, creepy. Like, <laughs> like, like that's really all I got. It's like you know, Daddy will be home soon. It's like, but yeah, I didn't really think as deeply about the implications uh, as far as what that would have really meant for Harrison and kind of his not just his passenger, but kind of the the grief, but ang- and anger and everything else that he's holding on to, not just towards trinity and towards the world but yeah towards dexter and stuff too so yeah i don't really have a lot of uh, my own thoughts on that but i think yeah what you said was really good and i definitely have some interesting stuff to think about on that now yeah i think that whenever i don't know it just impacted me thinking about like oh we're not just like seeing this from afar we're getting it from harrison's viewpoint you know yeah. that was such that that's kind of what triggered it for me. It's like, oh shit, Harrison remembers. Like some part of him has repressed that, you know, maybe for for years. Like he didn't really maybe understand. Like you know, he was thinking that they were like nightmares, but it sounds like they were kind of repressed memories that somehow he did remember, even though he was so little. He was he was there, yeah. um, and just disturbing seeing that from like seeing his mother in the bathtub and being killed and. Uh, and then Trinity getting up out of there covered in his mom's blood and, you know, and then him comforting him and that creepy smile. Oh, God, John Lithgow's so good. Um, mm-hmm. Just he hasn't lost it. Hasn't lost that. that it might have been years that, you know, he's played Trinity, but it seems like he just put that right back on and, and played it to perfection. Yeah. It was so great. So good. Um, but, yeah, I just thought, oh, man, how twisted to see that from Harrison's viewpoint like we get to see the one witness besides Trinity obviously but Trinity is dead the one witness to to Rita's murder um and just sad sad I mean a boy had to watch his mother um no wonder he's messed up 
So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, really great. Really great to see John Lithgow. Um, what is your number one? All right. Mine is very related to that. And it's just Harrison and his passenger and his anger and kind of what built up to that moment throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really starts, I think, while he's at school when he that little conversation with Audrey where it's clear that Audrey's uncomfortable about Harrison's, mm. you know, actions. You know, he literally snapped at the wrestling match. Yep. Um, and she's just not comfortable with it. And then he kind of feels this tension between them. And then he just chooses to push her away. Even at that moment, like, you know what? Never mind. Yeah. I don't want to hang out with you anyway. Uh, and it's those little things like that, that keep building up on Harrison throughout this episode that lead to him really kind of losing it right there at the end is, you know, we get to see the ongoing tension and strain between him and, and Dexter, you know, with their breakfast and, uh, things, you know, I have the line here. I was like, damn, some major sass from Harrison about that. He goes, you know, I'm going to miss dinner though. It's my first shift at the truck stop. Dexter goes, well, you know how I feel about that. And he fires back, well, you know how I feel about that. You know, some just, sass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, he's <laughs> teenagers. Definitely, you know, yeah. But so, you know, him and Dexter, this tension keeps building. Dexter said he would be there for him. But then yet he's been questioning his motives and questioning his truth this whole time. Uh, and so there's all that. And then with Audrey now being standoffish and then Kurt, the person that he is kind of looked to and leaned on, has now been arrested and is, you know, accused of murdering people. And so he's like, what good do I have in my life? And all this kind of keeps building up and where maybe he even blames himself. Like maybe it is this darkness that follows me and nothing can be pure. No relationship can be real. And he's kind of blaming himself. And then. So in when <laughs> Moose Creek is a town, but I kept for some reason be like the the Moose Knuckle guys uh, <laughs> uh, show up to jump him, and he just like boils over, you know. And it's like those little things. The first time, the first day when he's at work, when Dexter shows up to like keep an eye on him, but to him it's just further annoying to him. Like yeah, okay, you've made your point. You don't want me to be here, but now that I'm here, what? Why? Why are you here now? Too just hovering, gonna- yeah. Yeah. And so he's getting tired of that. And then, yeah, at that truck stop, when when the other wrestling teams show up, and he brandished that straight razor real fast. Sure like, did. He's not, not going to play with these guys. I mean, he does get snaps. I mean, he jumps right at them, slices the jacket of one of them, and they're all like, what the fuck, dude? And that's, you know, luckily Dexter was right there to stop him from hurting somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when he snaps and, you know, retells all this. And we get that cameo in that scene that you were talking about. But he admits to Dexter pretty much everything from his perspective. Yeah, He says, you know, yeah, I have these dark urges and I just want to hurt people. And I've always been haunted by these dreams of Trinity and, you know, and mom. And then after hearing the podcast, it reopened everything. And I'm just overwhelmed with all these urges and anger. And he doesn't explicitly admit what went down with Ethan, but he kind of does allude to it where he even says, you know, you were right before and you're right now. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, right about what exactly? Uh, he doesn't quite tell him exactly, but it kind of does lead to, yeah, you're right. I was the one that initiated that. And, but then all of it 
builds on him to where, and you know, you mentioned this as a point earlier, like that would have been the perfect time for Dexter to, you know, admit to him everything. Of course, they're in public, so maybe not the best place, but mm-hmm. but gives him that moment to kind of get away because when Harrison gets in the truck with Scott and drives off, leaving Dexter, Harrison is back to thinking after admitting all that that Dexter left because of the darkness in Harrison. He still doesn't know about Dexter, and so. Mm-hmm. It's just more guilt and more blame and more self-pity and being like, see, even my own father won't love me because of who I am. And that's kind of the note we're left on with Harrison at the end of this episode, which is really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that's your point because that's my number one, too, is Harrison. Um, Mm -hmm. I know we've went. I'll say I've went back and forth, but you and I have talked about it repeatedly uh, on the podcast uh, since we've started to kind of see some little trickles of of some of that. And as it's escalated throughout the series, we've talked a lot about Harrison and is he like Dexter? Is he not? And I'm starting to lean more, especially because we got this flashback with Trinity um, and, and to see how much of that he really does remember and how traumatizing uh, that's, I think, been for him. Um, and then you add you add that to, you know, Dexter's abandoned him. He lost Hannah, which I still don't know. I feel like there's a lot of mystery surrounding that. I'm not buying the cancer <laughs> death. But, um, you know, either either way, he lost her. Um, the, the only mother that, that he, you know, knew and remembered, lost his father, Mm -hmm. got tossed around in the foster care system, um, didn't go well for him, and then ventures out to find Dexter. Um, And who knows what the hell he's encountered along the way. Clearly, he's had a lot of stuff happen in his life. So, you know, we've speculated, is he really like him uh, or, or, you know, like Dexter or not? And I'm starting to lean more that he's not quite like Dexter, that you know he he's upset because he knows that he's he's broken and he's mm-hmm. scared i think about the urges like he seemed pretty scared when he's like I, you yeah. know i want to hurt people and he seems to be conflicted about that he's not like oh i want to hurt people you know he's kind of like scared about it so i think he knows that he's yeah. kind of broken he's i think scared about these urges that he has but i think he has a little bit more morality to him than what Dexter mm-hmm. did. I think he understands what he's feeling that the the want, wanting to hurt people is like wrong. Uh Dexter, you know, was always pretty emotionless, you know, and even as a kid he was pretty emotionless and he would just kind of lie so he wouldn't get caught. Um yeah. I don't think Harrison has a dark passenger. I think he's just been traumatized. And mm-hmm. he's dealt with a lot of trauma from the time he was little until now. And he remembers now that what happened with his mom and with Trinity, that it wasn't just a, a, a nightmare, like he says. You know, I've had these nightmares. And so he didn't know whether or not it was real, but now he knows. And he remembers that what happened was real. Um, so, I mean, I think that it's buried the trauma deep. And I think that's kind of what's wrong with him. And I And I think Hannah... I know she was a serial killer, too. Uh, And I questioned, you know, uh, Dexter's reasoning for leaving uh, Harrison with her. Um, But I think that the reason he's not like Dexter, maybe, is because of maybe Hannah. And 
maybe it was the best call for Dexter to kind of get out of Harrison's life. Uh, because I think that right now he's he's angry at the world and he's in a lot of pain. I think he's in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a reason for a lot of his feelings um, and the trauma that he's experienced. I know that he is also very manipulative. Uh, when you mentioned Audrey, when she tried to call him out on what he did about breaking that kid's arm, he kind of deflected it and kind of made her feel bad for bringing it yeah. up. That isn't quite what Dexter does, you know, mm-hmm. um, Dexter, you know, would lie to avoid suspicion. Um, he was taught, Harry would teach him to kind of just try to be part of the group, right? Try to blend in. Don't try to stand out. Try to, you know, do the things that normal people do, you know, and kind of fake it. Harrison doesn't quite do that. He's more, I think, manipulative um, and has tactics that I think stem from growing up with Hannah is what I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's more of a Hannah thing and the way Hannah was versus the way Dexter was. So I don't know. It's kind of how I feel about it, but um, that's where I'm kind of leaning. Hannah, Hannah was kind of a master manipulator in the way that he could, uh, that she could poison and try to kill Deb and still have Dexter's trust till the end. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, Hannah. (laughs) How she got away with that one, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, she was, you know, a master manipulator of her own or in her own right. So mm-hmm. I think that definitely had a lot to do with yeah. uh, Harrison's behaviors um, on top of, you know, his his own trauma and the pain that he's experienced. He's just in a lot of pain. He's a, he's a teenage boy. Uh, finding out all these things really happen and he's in a lot of pain. So, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of hope for him yet. Maybe. Although Dexter's got to talk to him, man. I feel like he's got to talk to him a little bit. I don't know if he's got to go full on, like, yeah, look, I killed like 120 people or something. You know I mean? I don't think he's got to do that. <laughs> Here, here's, a, here's a list of dates wanna, and times Do you want to see my blood slides? Do you want to? <laughs> Let me show you what I got. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, that was my number one, too. But um, I, I didn't mean to like railroad your conversation. Did, was there anything oh, else no, that you wanted was... to, to say about that, about Harrison? Uh-uh. No, that's, I, had, I had finished mine anyway, so we were good. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> what about notes? All right, let's see. And I may have already kind of thrown in all of mine at different points. Um, again, we get that Dexter and Harrison eating the same way, uh, which we've seen that, but it's still funny. Yes. But even in this one, when they're eating breakfast, it's like... Not only are they are like eating, like scarfing things down really quick, but they like they go for like the same food at the same time. They're like, first we do eggs, then we do bacon, then we do toast, and you can see them just kind of working in tandem. I thought that was really funny. It is. Uh, I wonder if, um, oh, is it? Oh, what's his name? Something John Alcott. I can't remember the uh, the boy that Jack, Jack, Jack Alcott. Alcott. Okay, I, I was ha- I was almost there. Um, I wonder if he studied any of his mannerisms or anything like that to. Because it, I would believe almost, it. Yeah. It's almost kind of seamless, so it's it's fun. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, two more uh, scenes that were just kind of heavy scenes that I think were good. Uh, when Dexter's having his conversation with Inner Deb, uh, mm. and you know Deb is saying you you should kill him, talking about Kurt, and Dexter's saying that's only going to further complicate things. Angela's got it; she's on it. You know, I need to think about 
Harrison and I need to think about the future and I don't need to just be clouded by that. To where Deb responds with, yeah, good call. Leave it to the police to handle. What could possibly go wrong? And as she's saying that, the blood from her fatal gunshot wound that killed her in the original series, just like the blood starts seeping through the shirt at that place. I was like, oh my God. Like that is... (sighs) Knife to the heart, man. Right. Dexter style. Right to the heart. Yep. (laughs) And then the other one was a very quick and small scene that was like completely out of place in the whole episode, kind of. But I think it was beautiful and I'm glad they included it. And it was just the the Seneca yes, tribe. Yes, that was so lovely. Including Angela and Audrey showing up at Miriam's house, who was Iris's mother, with all their food and condolences. And you have like the native music playing and stuff. And it was just kind of this community togetherness to you know rally around her in that time that she's found out what happened to her daughter. Yeah, and that just hit me pretty hard. I thought it was really beautiful. I did too. I'm glad you mentioned that. It was a nice, lovely little scene, real, really short and sweet. But I, I, mm-hmm. you know, we've mentioned it before how you know they kind of honored uh some of the traditions you know with the when the white deer and things like that and then you know showing up here for a member of their their community um and kind of yeah. in a kind of like a wake i guess their version maybe now that they know that yeah. she hasn't just like disappeared and she's out there in a runaway somewhere that they know or have confirmation that she did die and they were yeah. like you said rallying around really nice beautiful scene um that's great. Any other notes? Yeah, that's all I've okay. got. Uh, a couple couple things uh, I'll go over here. One thing I wanted to mention, one thing that I really love about the show is how it seems like just all of this could unravel because of one damn murder. Um, mm-hmm. How many people did Dexter kill in all of those seasons? And he got away with it every time. And now he's a little rusty, uh, but because he's in this small town and he kills someone that he's going to be missed, you know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's a known person, well-known person, his father's a well-known person, uh, and it's all focused on this one murder instead of all these other murders that he used to do, um, you know, and things are just really falling apart. And it just, it's like, are you kidding me? After all he's done... Uh, one freaking murder is gonna bring him down, and I think right. I think he made a comment earlier in the season like this is gonna be the one to take him down. Three small town cops and a zoologist. You know, can you imagine if he goes <laughs> down over this one freaking murder? I, I was thinking about that, and it's funny to think that they could arrest him for the m- murder of Matt Caldwell, not knowing that he's the Bay Harbor butcher. Right. It's just like <laughs> you don't even know who this guy is. You know. Um, so it's unbelievable to think that this is going to be the one thing to take him down. Dexter Morgan killed hundreds of people, narrowly got away with it. There were some some moments, mm-hmm. but he got away with it. But this will be the one. It only yeah. takes one, right? Just takes the one, mm-hmm. I guess, to get caught. Oh, gosh, Dexter killing someone in a small town. Not a good idea. Uh, the moment when Harrison was getting suited up. At his job. Yeah. And didn't know it was him until like that last moment when he was pulling that face mask over. That was chilling, wasn't it? It was really cool. Yeah. It was really cool, but it was like, oh, because he was almost kind of dressed like Dexter when he was pulling up those, um, I don't know what the hell those things are called, those like rubber overall thingies or whatever. Um, yeah. It kind of looked like what Dexter would wear you know, uh, during his kills and stuff. And I was like, Ooh, what the hell's going on? And then seeing it was 
um, Harrison was like, oh, my God, what's he doing? And I thought, <laughs> foreshadowing? Hmm. Um, what are some of my other notes here? Let me get down to the bottom. Oh, we've identified the trucker guy was Matt, or Matt in quotes, at the hotel. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, Dexter's line. And you know I can keep a secret. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Too soon, Dexter, is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, not ready to uh, <laughs> bring that up yet. Um, I thought it was interesting uh, the way that that trucker guy got Harrison's attention. Like, hey, I'll give you 20 bucks if you help me with some of this cargo in the back of my truck, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. so he helps them with those, looks like beer kegs. Um, so he gives him the 20. He's like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, give your dad this envelope. And then he proceeds to just walk away and Farmer carries those two freaking beer kegs like they're nothing. If, if they're uh-huh. full of beer, aren't beer kegs normally about like 170, 180 pounds or something? I'm guessing. Uh, I'm not sure. So they couldn't have been full. I mean, and if they weren't full, why would he need help? Or I guess it was just a lure to get yeah. Harrison, you know, yeah. to come help him and hand him the envelope or something. I don't know. But I'm just like, dude, <laughs> how do you lift those things? <laughs> anyway. Um, and I had to ask, um, yeah, I had to ask her. I was like, because I've never purchased a beer or you know, gotten a, a beer keg, so I was having to like try and ask around. Like, how yeah, so like, I've things? been at plenty of like parties and stuff where like we've had kegs, but yeah, I've never been the one to supply the keg, so I've never lifted it. So I'm like, I'm not sure actually. Yeah. I-, <laughs> I well, let me tell you what my resource was, um, and it was my daughter. So, oh, nice. <laughs> she- <laughs> I had to ask my daughter what it was like to buy- go and get a keg. Um, now mm-hmm. she was of legal age, y'all. Um, but um. Yeah, she went and got one. And I was like, when you got that, could you, did you get it in your car? Did you have help? What? And so she, she was like, no, I definitely did not put that in the car by myself. Uh, and I was like, well, what about whenever it was empty? You know, and she's like, yeah, she's like, it wasn't like super light. You couldn't just sling it around or anything. But, you know, it was a lot lighter, obviously, than when the beer was in it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to do my due diligence here, folks. I go straight to, uh, straight to my resources. Uh, we talked about trinity um i think that was on my notes oh this was a good one so you know i know we didn't really talk too much about the ending we kind of briefly mentioned it with you know where it ended and that was dexter um kind of being abducted there so i don't know i'm i i want to see um how he gets out of that i guess i feel like dexter will probably get get out of it somehow but i'm interested to see what happens next and freaking having to wait sucks i know Ah. i know we'll just have to focus on lock and key i guess um yep got lock and key and i got the hawkeye finale tonight there you go to help me give me something to watch that i can freak out and nerd out on for a couple there you go because I'm sure it's going to be massive. Oh, I bet it'll be huge. <laughs> yeah, that that's what's kind of great. It, it's difficult as as it is, and, and people ask. And of course, this show, we have to wait week by week. But I know some people are like, how can you like not just keep watching the same show? Um, you know, how can you not just binge it when we're doing our Netflix shows? And it's hard. It is hard. But what helps, and I've said this a couple of times, is that there's a lot of great TV right now. That it, mm-hmm. it's a good distraction. It's not like I don't have anything else to watch or something. There's a ton of right. things that we're into that help us kind of get distracted. So we're not just thinking about 
wanting to watch that show. It is difficult for sure, but it's it's mm-hmm. made easier by um, a lot of good TV, um, like Yellow Jackets. That's something we're also into. Yeah. Yes, one of our new Very interests. Good. I haven't watched the newest episode yet. I'm falling behind on a couple things just because it's like the week of Christmas and man, I don't have time to watch stuff. And when I do, mm-hmm. like when I do find free time to like watch something on It'd TV, be cheesy, right? I don't, I don't want to catch up on my like TV shows. I'm like, well, it's the week of Christmas. I'm gonna watch Christmas movies. Yeah, I've got free time to watch something. I want to watch Christmas movies right now. Yeah. So I was like, so like Yellow Jackets and Wheel of Time and other stuff that I've been watching. Like, I'm just gonna fall behind a week or two, and then after Christmas, I'll yeah, catch up. Yeah, you'll fine. get some time to catch up. <laughs> That's what the holidays are for. Get caught up on that stuff. We've been doing the same. Kiddo and I watched. Um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation the other night when I Always probably should have been prepping for the show. I was doing, <laughs> that's what I was doing. It was quality time. It was quality family time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that, that helps. Well, um, that leads us to our favorite part of the podcast and that is our listener feedback portion. I always love hearing what you guys have to say. Um, Pate, can you take the first one for me? So this first one here comes from Ginger Martinez, says, Ooh, things are heating up and I'm totally in for the rest of the new season. Poor Harrison is in desperate need of some love and support, and Dad Dexter is going to be there for him. I'm so afraid Dexter is going to die in the end, though. That might be the worst thing for Harrison, to be abandoned all over again. I'm super enjoying your coverage, as always. Thanks for making my Dexter experience even better. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, I I've, I have some thoughts about that, too. I actually, um, what I was talking about earlier, I realized that I didn't say my theory because I want to kind of talk out the rest of our points. Um, but I think Angela might ask Dexter to kill Kurt. I know he's already kind of thinking that on his own like oh, I've got to kill him you know <laughs> whenever he whenever hit the uh, waitress at the truck stop and I yeah whoever that other so person that would... was and he's like oh I gotta kill him because he's getting away with it right yeah. I have a feeling um that Angela might it's ask... gonna be a tough one on Angela though because I mean it's gonna require her then to know who he is and what he did um that's she's gonna have to know about the no, Bay Harbor butcher true. stuff and then for her to go kind of against her own professional duty to, well deb to, did to choose kind of yes i kind of become deb in that way to be like i'm choosing to look this way and it, it would be it would come from her own kind of selfish connection with iris and to make sure that that justice is taken care yeah. of yeah yes it would require because i don't think she because she doesn't know dexter is like the bay harbor butcher or anyone like that yet but i i mm-hmm. wonder if if and when because i feel like it's probably a matter of when not if maybe that yeah. she will find out, and I think she might ask him to. Be interesting. What happens after that? I don't know. I think there's a lot of different possibilities. But yeah. anyway, thanks, Ginger. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Um, next one we have is from Laura Sogel. She says, so Iris was Kurt's first victim, but by chance not planned. So when did he turn into creepy hunter embalming dude? And blaming dead dad is just too convenient. I'm just totally in for how this is going to end. Me too. Yeah, I don't know. I think Kurt just, uh, he got angry, killed her, and thought, oh, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know about his true motive, though. I'm still trying to kind of figure it out. I was trying to make sense because I just feel like everybody's 
like there's something there. There's a reason why for that ritual. There's a reason why he plays that song. There's a reason why he's shooting him in the back and all these kind of things. So trying to figure it out. Yeah, I think I mean the 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 girls running away from him and him getting that shot in the back. Mm-hmm. That stemmed from what happened. With I Iris, think so. For sure. Yeah, and and he treats them depending on how they react as far as if they accept mm-hmm. his help or not. Because I think if they accept his help and they go home or go back to safety or whatever, then he leaves them alone. I I think. Yeah. Um, Although we see with that one, like what last week, he gives the money to that girl. And then her boyfriend shows up and they're like, okay, thanks, sir. And then they go away. He was upset. But I think it's also because he's kind of spiraling, trying to undo or reset the mistake. You know, he, he fumbled the, the Chloe yeah. one. So now he's like itching to, to, to make it, it right. right. So maybe that, that was my theory, too. I, I think that he wanted to rectify that uh, for whatever reason, because um, it didn't go as planned. Yeah. All right. Well, we did get a couple of voice messages uh, this week. Um, This first one, though, this is from Sean. Hi, Sean. Um, Sean just barely missed our deadline uh, because we had recorded last week uh, when we recorded with Jason last week's episode. We recorded a day early. We kind of switched things around a little bit for scheduling purposes. And... um, uh, I don't think Sean was aware of that. So when he sent his voicemail, we had like literally just wrapped. So I promised I would play mm-hmm. it this week. So this voice message from Sean is actually on last week's episode. So just want to let everyone know that before I start it. So let's see what Sean thought about last week's episode. Hey, Rima Peg, it's me, Sean. Uh, so just chiming in on two mini tuna sandwiches. Episode six, Dexter New Blood. And uh, I don't know if you guys got this feel or not. I know I really had this kind of like on the edge of my seat, very anxious feel uh, during this episode. It, it was one of those that... It's like a really good movie or really good you know, TV show, for example, too, where you're sitting there and you're like... I feel like I've been watching this for a long time, but I do not want it to end. And that was played, I think, really, really well in this episode. You know, it's it's one of the things that I like about shorter series too. You know, like whenever you've cut, co- we've covered. You know, Strange Deeds covered like, you know, um, uh, Lost in Space or you know any kind of show like that. It feels like there's you know too many episodes, and I feel like this is condensed down really, really well. So that stuff is happening at a really great pace. You know, in this episode, for example, so we find out that Dexter's girlfriend figures out that he is Dexter Morgan, you know, and I love that, you know, we get that pretty much right off the bat and Dexter doesn't know. I feel like once he figures out, you know, she kind of tunes into what's going on, you know, his mind's already racing like, all right, well, what do I do here? And you you guys had talked last episode about like, you know, he's really good about working his way out of stuff. And he did that here. And, you know, and again, this season, I've really gotten more of a sinister feel from Dexter. So I feel like he's already had this speech planned. Like he understood if I get caught by by somebody here in this town, I know the spiel I'm going to give to kind of get off the hook, if you will. And I thought that was played really well. And, you know, let's bounce ahead to my other thought. Uh, uh, Harrison sneaks out, goes to his girlfriend's house, and I guess it's not really his girlfriend at this point, but when he walks in or when he climbs through the window, like it's very like serial killer feel, right? You see the gloves. It's like scream. He comes out. She's got nunchucks. And he went there 
And the last thing you see before they make Whoopi, uh, I'm assuming they made Whoopi, um, although Grandfather Dexter seems like it would fit. Um, but at least he doesn't have the sex talk. That's good. Um, but it, it showed that he brought his switchblade. And I know he brings it for protection. That's kind of what he talks about. He, he always has it for protection because, you know, um, at one point somebody tried to touch him when he was here, you know, this other thing. Uh, so I, I kind of wonder if him going there, because he talks about wanting to hurt people. You know, did he go there with the intent to hurt her? You know, why did he have the switchblade? And again, it's kind of the whole, you know, now you're looking at more of a meta way where you're thinking like, well, why would they have shown that to us? Why would they make us see that? You know, is it a red herring or is it more of a clue that, you know, he's, you know, when he's telling her like, hey, you know, I want to, you know, I've got these feelings of hurting people. It's less of like a, you know, hey, call for help and more of like a warning to her. Uh, we see Dexter, uh, go out to Kurt's place, you know, the podcasters out there, she's got, you know, following her lead. Uh, Kurt did a horrible job, I think, trying to hide everything there. It was very much like a tell of, you know, like something's not right. And like, and, you know, she had been through probably numerous things. So I think she was ready for something and prepared. And, you know, she had mentioned like, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to be one of my stories. And she was very, very close. And, and you know, I talk about Sinister Dexter, and I'm glad that he stepped in because, you know, when he got there, like, his radar went off. And he talked about kind of being, you know, a little bit uh, lax and probably seeing what was going on. Because ideally in any world, Dexter would have probably called this a mile away. And for some reason, he hasn't. And it doesn't seem like this is something that, you know, we had talked a couple episodes ago where it seemed to happen on a monthly basis or every couple months. And I feel like if that was the case, Dexter would have, you know, had his serial killer radar go off. And that didn't seem to be the case with this situation. But he comes down, breaks in, doesn't, you know, it's basically him kind of forcing his way into like proving his theory. He's like, all right, serial killer 101 off the grid, taking him to a murder basement. Uh, Let me go down there, save her life. He didn't have to. He could have like completely let it go. But even then, like he thought she was the reason that his cover was blown. But that's not the case. So he goes down, doesn't play coy at all, barges in, says, oh, door locked from the outside, cameras. All right, yeah, so this dude is bad and goes on his way, right, and gets to Harris. And so let's, you know, the last thing, I'll try not to keep this too long, but, you know, Harrison in his wrestling match does really well, you know, gets a cheap shot, and he has the match won and breaks the kid's arm, right? Likes to hurt people. Who's proud of him? Kurt. Who's disappointed? Dexter. And I feel like you're getting this weird kind of yin and yang. You know, it's like who who wants to be the you know the future serial killer manager type of scenario. But um, again, on the edge of my seat the whole time. And the beautiful ending to this is you know I don't need Jim Lindsay. I need Dexter Morgan. So he's going to get to go out and do the thing that he's done for years um, after Iris was discovered. So again, such a great episode. I absolutely loved it on the edge of my seat didn't want to end um they are knocking it out of the ballpark and i'm excited to hear what you guys have to say so thanks for letting me ramble on it and i'll talk to you guys later bye so cool thank you sean Yeah, thanks a lot, and can't wait to hear what you think on this episode, maybe next week, because we're recording a day earlier this week, too, and I don't know, did he get one in? <laughs> I'm not seeing one. Again, I don't, I, I probably should have texted him and said, we're, we're, we're recording <laughs> a day early again, we're switching things, I'm so sorry, sorry, Sean. 
um, I do try to post it on social media, but I think that it gets missed uh, sometimes. Um, okay. Well, yeah, it, it, I'll, I'll play it. I've always said if you guys send me stuff, I'll, I'll read it. I'll play it even if it's on a previous episode. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, next voice message we have is from our friend Steve. And let's see what he has to say. Okay. Hey, Strange Indeed, this is Steve, and this is for Dexter Newblood's Skin of Her Teeth. So, Angela needs the forensic expert Dexter Morgan. She's done her homework. The only thing that would make this seem better would be if he was seeing Deb in the background as she was giving some kind of commentary. Oh, this scene between Angela and Dexter where he's found the skin on the teeth. Oh, and that score. Absolutely love it. Ah, putting hot sauce on all over your breakfast plate. That's good, Harrison. (laughs) Oh, the classic. Hear that? The sound of you not needing a warrant? (laughs) Love it. Well, Kurt moved fast getting that place cleared out. Or Kurt and maybe somebody helping him. (laughs) This is great. This (laughs) discussion between Kurt and, and Dexter. This is the whole, this town is not big enough for two serial killers. Oh, the scar on his hand from the bite. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, creepy. Give this to your dad, okay? <laughs> Kurt's upbringing obviously was, was devastating and tragic, but what he's become still makes him a monster. I love the way this scene is, is edited because we're hearing him telling the chief his BS story, but we're seeing the true events that happened. There's where he got the scar on his hand, the bite. He counting the money in his wallet like he thought they might have stole some from him. What a jerk. Do you think there's any way they could match that scar on his hand to maybe like uh, Iris's teeth? Oh, these guys have no idea what they're in for. And Harrison just undid his razor blade. Oh, he does remember. He remembers Trinity. Oh, and that looked like the same guy who gave Harrison the pin, right? They just kidnapped Dexter, and now we gotta wait a week. Ugh. I know. I share those feelings. Damn. But yeah. Steve just, I think, gave me a light bulb moment. Thank you, Steve. Um, he was talking about wondering if they could do like a bite impression and match it to yeah, Kurt's. I mean, it's been 25 years, so I don't know, uh, because it's healed up, scar tissue, things like that, if they'd get a match, but they do have Iris's body, they've got her teeth, I don't know if, you know, they would still have dental records from back in the day, how long they keep them, 25 years or not, Um, but I mean, that would be, they could take an impression of her teeth, at least uh, in the morgue, and make a, a mold, and maybe try that. I don't know if after, I know that they do it like when it's, it's somewhat fresh, you yeah. know, a fresh, it's had a long time. Yeah. To heal so I don't know if it would be reliable because of how many years it's been, but that's a good thought. That was something I hadn't thought of. Mm. Good, good thinking there, Steve. Yeah. Neither. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be cop justice though. That gets Kurt is my feeling. <laughs> I think it's going to be uh, Dexter's. Justice. It's not going to be the cell. It's going to be the table. I think it's going to be the table. I don't know who's going to have him on that table, but I think it's going to be the table. Uh, that was great. I, I love hearing what you guys have to think. So thank you, everyone that took some time 
uh, to to leave some feedback. I think next week we'll probably be back on our normal recording schedule if it's throwing you off a little bit that there we're kind of switching some days. It's just due to some scheduling um, and other podcasts that we have, you know, going on and things. So um, I appreciate everyone that's, you know, because I know not everyone watches it the day of, right? Or the evening of when Dexter's released. Sometimes, you know, everybody's got things going on. It's busy, especially now it's the holidays. Um, Maybe you're watching it a day or two after and you don't quite, you know, get it in in time. So we always appreciate when you guys do that, uh, but we should be back to normal schedule. Um, next week if it's throwing everyone off. We're not taking a break. Dexter's not taking a break. Um, nope. <laughs> we're not taking a break. So we'll be back at it next week. Because, uh, yeah, I, I wondered. Some shows take a little bit of a holiday break, but there's a new episode airing um, next week as well and then into January. So. We'll be yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, dude, if Dexter's here, if he's showing up, we're showing up. So thank you, everyone, that contributed to feedback. Um, and as I mentioned, next week, um, there will be another episode of Dexter. There is no break. So we'll be covering the eighth episode of Dexter titled Unfair Game. Hmm. That's kind of a loaded title, too, I think. Yes. If I had to guess. I think game as if this chess game that Dexter and Kurt have been going on, but also game. As hunting, like hunting game. game. Uh, yeah, the chess yeah. game, so many um, that it could allude to. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited, though. It's, yeah, it, it feels like a long ways uh, from Sunday to have to wait and watch it. And I'm not great about staying up, like, at midnight or whatever when it's released um, early or whatever. I'm not great about that. Yeah. So it'll probably be Sunday morning. Nothing like starting off your day with a cup of coffee and Dexter. <laughs> uh, well, we're excited that you followed us to the kill room, but you asked, or we also ask that you follow us on Twitter at Strange Teacast. And you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Stranger Teacast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com and go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. There's so much happening right now on Podcastica. Um, We mentioned, uh, you know, watching Wheel of Time. We know that they're covering that right now on House Podcastica, but they also uh, picked up on Yellow Jackets. Um, Yeah. So, you know, we've kind of talked about that. It's... If you, I think if you like Dexter, so if you're listening to this and you haven't uh, watched it, um, it is also on Showtime. So if you already have Showtime yeah. by some means, uh, however you're watching Dexter, hopefully you're able to also catch Yellow Jackets. It's really great. Uh, fascinating. It's it dark. Really very good. Very good. Um, it actually had already started. Uh, the first five episodes had already aired when they decided that, wow, this is a great show. We want a podcast on it. Um, so they covered the first five um, as like a recap, uh, and then they're jumping in. I think they recorded today. I think. Yeah, they recorded tonight because I was talking with yeah, Daphne. and that's Daphne, Jason, and Wendy. I yeah, think. yeah, you're right. So they were tonight. recording today on um, episode six, which is the latest episode that released um, this week as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're having a great time analyzing the hell out of that show because there's all kinds of like, what the hell is happening here? You know, trying to figure out what's going on. So be sure to check out uh, them because 
they're doing great work over there. I'm a little jealous. I would love to uh, hop on there and be a guest (laughs) because I have some thoughts. And I want to talk about it. (laughs) But that's okay. Um, I'm happy to just talk about it amongst friends. That's good enough for me. Got enough podcasting to do. Um, And speaking of great podcasts um, on Podcastica, also you should, speaking of of Daphne, um, check out Peyton Daphne's podcast called Run for Your Lives. Um, Any sneak peeks this week, Peyton, for the holidays? Yeah, our episode, our holiday special will be up Friday on Christmas Eve. So if you need to get away from family for, you know, an hour and a half or so and listen to a podcast and have some time to yourself. Yeah, um, always yeah, needed. Yeah, we are doing our, our Christmas special this week. We are covering a classic Christmas movie, Gremlins. <gasps> yeah! That's <So. laughs> a Christmas movie! Absolutely. So yeah, so our coverage of Gremlins will be up on Christmas Eve, so go check that out if you have some time. And, uh, there's still a little bit of time for anybody to uh, give us some feedback there. Uh, Run for your lives podcast at gmail.com. Making that plug. Um, Hell yeah. Put it <laughs> there out you there. Go. Or on our Facebook page and stuff. Yeah. So if you uh, have some thoughts on Gremlins, let me and Daphne know. We'll have your feedback over on there. It's a it's a really fun one to, to break down and watch. Oh, this man. Holiday season. I yeah. love that damn movie when I was so a kid. So much fun. So much fun. And I loved, now, of course, we all love Gizmo, right? But Stripe, Ooh. I loved that damn gremlin. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I mean, yes, he was evil as hell, uh, but there was just something fun about him. And I I loved that crazy stripe on his head. I, yes. I liked him. And just the whole movie was, was fun. And so different for the times. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Yeah, check them out. Good movie. Please do. (laughs) Well, all right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Hank. And Scott Reynolds is strange indeed.